This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharudin, and you're listening to Night School, the show that explores ideas and themes in the social sciences and the humanities. This week, we don't have a guest, rather, it's just me and my co host, Simon Soon, joining me via Skype. Hi, Simon, how are you doing? Hey, good, how are you? I'm okay, I guess. <laughs> as okay as I can be during this MCO period. What does that mean when you say you're okay? Are you hoping or are you sort of like figuring things out or is this a, a time to recalibrate for, on, on your end? <laughs> there seems to be a lot of questions there. Uh, I guess when I say I'm okay, I, I mean that I'm, I guess, dealing with the situation, but dealing with the situation well, I guess, to a certain extent. I'm not, I'm not, overly anxious or rather I'm not as anxious as I was I think like when the the MCO first started obviously I still have I guess some anxieties here and there but I think to a certain extent I've I've gotten better and I think one of the ways to to sort of like get myself out of that anxious mode is to sort of like think about other things or distract myself with other things right so so I guess as long as I'm slightly distracted if either work or in the various other distractions, I guess I can sort of like take my mind off the concerns and the worries. What were you anxious about initially? Out of curiosity and concern, I guess. I guess it's more of just, obviously health-wise, yeah, there is that concern of, of getting that virus and then there's also that concern of spreading that virus. So right. I've been trying, whenever I don't have to go to work, because here in the FM we've implemented the A&B system, so one week you you have to be at uh in the office and then another week you have to work from home. So um on the days that I have to work from home, I'll try my best to not go out as mm. much. But that's not to say that whenever I'm home, I feel safe either. So that that's at least at least in the beginning I felt a bit more paranoid. But now I feel like home home is at least a safe place. But that doesn't stop me from, of course, washing my hands. And just being mindful of you know not touching my face that much and things like that. Right. Um, but other than that, it's just it's just a matter of yeah, it's just a matter of you know, staying at home. And I, I guess whenever I want to go out, I do feel a bit scared, and I try my best to to not be out for as long as possible. So it's just a matter of like okay, if I need to do groceries, go out, get my groceries done, and that's it, go home. Yeah, and I try to be very careful with you know maintaining social distance and whatnot. But it's not as easy, lah. I think. I mean, honestly speaking, I think uh, not everyone observes it to a T. So I guess it's it's slightly, it's not as simple, right? So whenever you enter like a small grocery shop, you know, not everyone observes the social distancing thing because purely because everyone, I think, to be fair, on their mind, they just want to get things done, right? So so they just you know try to, you know, just pick up whatever they want to get and just get out. No, of the shop, right? You're very right. I think <laughs> I, I, I kind of agree. And in fact, I had the very opposite sort of experience where I actually initially didn't feel, you know, that anxious about the whole situation. And it was only, I think, recently that I had a bit more of a second thought about it. And especially when I started to actually go out and start getting groceries and having to actually Actually, sort of like be out on the street during the day. Then I realize how empty the city is, and and this change in the landscape really sort of like you know it's a really it's a huge sort of like jolt jolt to my psychology. I'm not used to seeing all of this quiet. I'm not used to seeing a city this sort of empty. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting thing because I I mean I do go out, but I I don't think I go out that much. So, um, as much as it is awkward to see the city quite empty, I sort of like am able to link it with with what's what's happening. Whereas I think for you, I think you go out a lot more than I do. So, um, yeah, how how do you process that? How do you process the idea that you know? Places that are usually bustling with a lot of people are now suddenly quite empty, and and there is that that sense of, like you know, people keep calling it like a you know, like a ghost town, right? Yeah. So, so so is that is that something that that sort think, of like shocks you? I think during the day it's still alright because then you actually see people still sort of moving about, and I get the sense that Malaysians are not actually listening to the sort of MCO order. I feel like we're we're a bit naughty in that sense, uh, but it's when sun is during sort of like you know at the evening time uh, after maybe about eight o'clock and if sometimes i occasionally still am out driving about that's when it really sort of like hits me about how eerily empty and emptied of life the city can feel when you know the nightlife we take for granted is no longer there anymore and that's when it, it registers very strongly in my yeah, but but I mean I mean as much as 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 that is yeah especially in a city that is a weird sight, I can't help but think that you know once upon a time, cities used to end much earlier, right? In the sense that activities used to end like much earlier, at least at least like you know by eight o'clock. That's true. I, that, I, you know, <laughs> places can be something quite. And I'm I'm just basing this off my. Uh, experience living in my hometown where you know parts of the area closer to where I live you know activities just stop at around 8 so so well cars was, uh, are still out I and said, technically it wasn't it wasn't like a lockdown or like a like a I mean like a MCO thing but it's just that you know there weren't that many activities happening beyond 8 o'clock so so not to say that I'm familiar with the emptiness especially at night of the city but but because I do feel awkward as well. But it's just that uh, thinking about it and reflecting on it from from a different perspective, it just feels one way or another. It's just we're going back to a time when you know night time was spent indoors rather than outdoors, right? Uh, yeah, I, I I have to say that I I actually remember I did spend five years in Melbourne, where shops closed at five p.m. in the evening. So <laughs> there were many empty sort of like nights where nothing actually ever. Happened. Happened during my university days, so I should have been already sort of like familiar with this, but not prepared mm. for it. But it feels odd when KL is like this. Like, you know, it's it's known as a city that almost never sleeps. I know it's not Bangkok. It's not four <laughs> hours sort of like adrenaline rush. Nevertheless, you expect that it has a life at least until sort of like midnight, right? So mm. it, it just felt a bit odd that. The place that I grew up in is quiet by by sundown, but it does give us a lot of space to do a lot of thinking and a lot of like reflection and a lot of maybe other forms of sort of like social bonding. Usually, when I drive out at night or when I go for short walks around my neighborhood, you still hear laughters, you know, trickling out from houses. So clearly, there's an occasion where people are still sort of like. Having sort of like sociable sort of like moments, and that's not entirely sort of like disappeared. Even though it's harder to see friends, those are moments I still kind of like appreciate when I hear, you know, uh, laughter, issuing out from a house, for example. 
Mm. Yeah, I want to explore that a bit more. Um, yeah, we seem to somehow think that staying at home is is such a to some this they see it as 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 almost a, a something that is very restrictive, right? Um, but I mean, and people have been making a lot of jokes. People have been sharing a lot of memes about this. But for I guess to be fair, I am a, I mean an introvert, so I don't really spend time outside that much and not to say that I spend time a lot inside and I, MCO has affected me in the sense that you know that the freedom of being able to go out whenever you want has been has been restricted it does sort of like affect you to a certain extent but um, this whole concept of you know people saying that they are struggling to stay at home uh, do you think that that is also a reflection on how how we rely on actually going out a lot like like our lives are not restricted to only being being at home? I think we are dopamine junkies, right? We crave <laughs> for a kind of like happiness or a high that you get from either social situation or, you know, being together with friends or being in mo- or having moments of sort of like reality, right? And so much of our lives is structured around trying to get the next sort of like, you know, social high. And, and for that's a priority to a lot of sort of like KRIs. For me, I'm sort of like somewhere in between. I, I kind of make my social moments, but I also enjoy and really sort of like, I'm very protective of the moments where I can be alone by myself. But I think the situation sort of then changed when, especially in KL, I don't know if you noticed, and while we were chatting and while you were talking, a helicopter just sort of flew past, flew by on my side. And having that constant sort of like sense that there's something there out there surveilling, surveying you, there's this sort of like surveillance, that's a bit sort of like creepy on my end. Mm. I, I can't like that. that, that there, we're, we're, we're not, this is a state of exception rather than a norm, that we're in a state of normalcy. It almost feels, it almost feels that way. Uh, yeah, you're right there because I, I live next to a highway and I think uh, and they've they've decided to place a roadblock there. And I think during the first week of the MCO, uh, whenever I hear the sound of an ambulance or the sound of a siren, I feel a bit scared, thinking that, oh, there must be something there. There must be either you know people breaking the law or you know like an ambulance trying to pass through and whatnot. Uh, so I got a bit more anxious. And funnily enough, you know, after more than a month, I've began to rationalize the sound and, and I've been slightly more desensitized to it in the sense that I just thought, oh, maybe policemen wanted to go through or VIPs perhaps and they just use the siren so that they, that they can just pass through without going through the roadblock and whatnot. So funny that, that, that when you mentioned surveillance, I can't help but think of, like, yeah, this, you know, all these sounds that you hear outside, being, being stuck in your home, hearing sounds, hearing sound of helicopter, sound of siren and whatnot, you can't help but feel a bit scared of the world out there. But I guess, you know, now that we've been in MCO for almost a month now, I think you're sort of like, you're slightly desensitized to these, these kind of things, I guess. And, and you, begin, you begin to sort of like make sense of, uh, or you begin to understand, you know, what, what at least those sounds mean to a certain extent. Lah. Well, I don't know. You you probably see uh, you probably see more of the world than I do, given that you actually still do a rotational kind of like a schedule, right? Where you do go into your office for a week. And yeah, and I and I do and I do feel thankful about that. I guess to an extent, as much as I I, I'm helps, trying. As for me, I've been at home throughout the entire thing, and 
and I, I can't even go into the office without, you know, getting a permission slip from my boss. And, and that comes like, you know, once a week or even less than that. I just only managed to get into the office for the first time today. No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very strange situation to be in because I do have to uh, admit that I do feel grateful that I, that I have the opportunity to at least go out for a purpose as much as I sometimes, you know, back then I, I used to feel slightly a bit more scared. You know, there's always that feeling of, oh my God, I have to go to the office this week and you always feel a bit scared to just be outside because you're scared of getting infected or you're scared of infecting others. So there's always, initially there's, there's that struggle. And But whenever I'm out, I do feel grateful that I at least have the chance to be out with a purpose rather than, you know, being out without a purpose, right? So going to the office has been something that I've cherish i guess to a certain extent only because i get to meet my colleagues and i get to be out uh with a purpose rather than you know going out to just do groceries or to, to get something yeah following on that a lot of people have been saying that how how this entire sort of like um this entire crisis would change the way we sort of like conduct our daily interactions in the future mm, um, yeah yeah that is something worth exploring, I guess. Uh, but maybe we should take a break first and then we can probably talk about it more in the second part of the show. Uh, you're listening to Simon Soon and me, Hanif Baharudin. Uh, it's just the two of us this week talking about how we're coping with the MCO. Stay tuned. This is Night School on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9. You're tuned into Night School with me, Hanif Baharudin. This week, I'm joined by only Simon Soon via Skype and we're talking about how we're coping with MCO. And I think we uh, Simon ended the first part of the conversation by thinking about how this might, you know, change the way we're going to deal with a lot of things, right? Mainly how we're going to communicate with one another. There is this term that people have been throwing around a lot, the new normal. I think we've spoken about the new normal a bit, I think, in one of our previous episodes as well. Uh, yeah, so what do you think about that, Simon? New normal. I, I, I think that's better, Dash. I don't think no? that's going to happen. If we find a vaccine tomorrow, I'm actually thinking very seriously about this. If we find a vaccine tomorrow, things are going to be things are going to go back to normal. People are going to revert back to the same old pattern and nothing's going to sort of like change. That's my most pessimistic sort of like assessment of like the human condition. Oh, can, can you elaborate a bit more? Why, why do you feel slightly pessimistic about things? Well, I'm not, I'm not pessimistic about things. I'm pessimistic that it's actually... You know, I'm, I'm not, maybe pessimism is the wrong word to use. I am skeptical that this is actually sort of like going to change us so sort of thoroughly the way we so, uh, change the way we socially interact so thoroughly if uh, for example tomorrow we discover the vaccine and we are allowed to you know go back to normal it's only been it, it's been sort of like i don't know how many months three months two months that we've been hiding in our hole uh, oh. but i don't think this is long enough period for us to really to really alter the pattern of our social interaction It'll take maybe a year or two years before we slink into, you know, a new kind of like norm or a new kind of habit. Mm. But firstly, do you think that there is a pressing need for us to actually change things? Because people have been talking about dealing with a new normal is one thing, but that, that people, some people have been arguing that this new normal is much needed. That there is a need for human uh, beings to sort of like maybe reflect on the things that they've been doing wrong. And this so-called new normal, the so-called things that we have to change is not something that will happen because of COVID-19 or because of what we've been facing, but rather it is something that we need to do in order to move forward, in order to not uh, allow for this to happen again, right? 
I think you're right in the sense that it's pushing us to ask some very hard questions about uh, the way we sort of like uh, conduct ourselves uh, under sort of normal circumstances. But then in order to change, you also I think discovering that there are still a lot of um, maybe issues that we haven't actually sort of like, you know, worked out entirely, right? Uh, for example, working in say public education in a public university, what happens is that it's very easy to then say that okay, we're all going to sort of start teaching online, but you know the statistics actually show that twelve percent of the student population do not actually have proper internet sort of like facilities, or uh, uh, in order to sort of like you know make it to an online class, so not be still trying. The university is still sort of like trying to sort of like work around that issue together with the government of course uh, but that also means we sort of like pushing ourselves to think about you know access to internet which we most of us take for granted as sort of like you know members of the middle classes are not actually as universal as we think it is and that's still a challenging question i mean i'm not saying that it's a right or wrong to do it's not a moral question but it's a question that's really sort of like you know us to sort of like think of uh, our own privilege yeah and that's just one aspect of things right i guess question of privilege question of 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 you know you're looking at looking at things from from the perspective of whether you know we, we need to change uh, how we interact with one another right and 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 we know we think technology should is the is the is the panacea is the bridge to sort of like make things easier that we can sort of like cope with the lack of communal activities with the lack of being in the same room together because you have technology, but then again, not everyone has access to technology, right? And therein lies the problem. But but that's just one aspect of things of how, you know, thinking about how we communicate with one another. But the question of dealing with your normal also requires us to think about whether, you know, we've been, uh, whether the practices that we have been uh, doing is, 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 is sustainable, right? I mean, some people have argued that, you know, maybe maybe the way we have been, you know, Treating the environment has not been good enough. The way we have been treating animals, perhaps, has not been, you know, good enough, and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. I think those questions should come up more to the fore rather than, uh, you know, another person posting an Instagram post about them having like a Zoom brunch meeting or having, you know, a, a, a Zoom sort of like you know tea party. <laughs> I, I, yeah, but 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 like you said, these are difficult questions that are. Uh, Making us feel uncomfortable, right? To a certain extent. I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, if we were to even ask these questions ourselves, I, I guess we uh, will also be struggling to answer them, right? But I do agree with you that there is a need. There is a need to bring this, I guess, these questions to the fore, uh, just just so that I guess human beings can be a bit more critical of ourselves, right? I think the nice thing is that people are sort of like organizing and uh, in their own sort of capacity to sort of answer or at least sort of try to find answers to these questions. It's just that to what extent it's uh, how how we sort of then sort of like, you know, sharing what we have learned through this process with one another. I guess it's still very piecemeal. We're still at a very early stage. A lot of it is true storytelling. You hear about how different people are sort of like, you know, finding different ways to sort of like work together and and sort of like creating a much more sort of like humane system uh, to, to sort of endure this uh, crisis. A very nice sort of like story, of course. Uh, I think it's, uh, I think a medical student from Singapore have sort of, you know, overnight just set up this translation software 
so that doctors are, who are on the front line are able to then sort of like communicate using this software with uh, migrant workers working in sort of like Singapore, especially Bangladeshis. And I think later on the software then sort of was developed to accommodate uh, other languages so that for frontline sort of like, you know, um, health workers are able to sort of like, you know, have a much more sort of effective communication channel with uh, migrant workers who are more likely to be exposed to the virus because of their living condition. The other thing is also like, it's also encouraging me to explore things that I promised that I would sort of go and explore and never did because, you know, for example, driving to PPDI on Sunday afternoon is just too troublesome for me. But hey, last Sunday, I actually sort of like spent time watching like a, an Islamic sort of like preacher who was on one of the regular sort of like piecemeal program that was sort of like broadcast live on Facebook, for example. So it's also encouraging people to go out and explore things that haven't had the time or haven't had the sort of like willpower to actually sort of like go and do it physically. Yeah, there are two sides to, to it, I guess. You know, some people say that, you know, um, now that you're stuck at home, I think uh, it's the right time for you to, you know, start picking up new skills, start learning new things and whatnot. And, but there's a counter-argument to that, to that kind of thinking, saying that um, we're actually in a crisis and therefore you shouldn't, shouldn't be forcing people to, to use the time wisely to pick up new skills or to pick up new language or to, to come yeah. up of this with, with, with new concept because at the end of the day we, we are in a crisis and I think the way people cope uh, is is different right so yeah. so you can't be imposing that kind of thinking that you know because you're stuck at home you should be utilizing your time uh, well right so what, what do you think of that what, what, what else should we be doing should we just be moping I, I mean uh, don't... I, I, no, I, don't, I don't think moping is productive either but I, I guess there is a need to sort of like acknowledge that uh, it's okay I mean of course ideally that if you if you can use your time well, you, you, you spend your time wisely, that's fine. But if you fail to do so because you're struggling with things, you're, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're too anxious, you're, you know, you're depressed and things like that, it's fine. It's okay as well. The, the idea is to not make I, I people feel bad, right? Really, really, really nice way of sort of like putting it because I kind of feel like there's a, 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 there's a constant sort of like need, a, a reinforcement, at least on social media that, things are all right you need to continue to, to sort of like do things like you as part of an industry or part of a community you need to continue to sort of like demonstrate that you are you're you're okay and you're sort of still productive whereas i think it's all right to also take time to uh, feel sad and sort of mm. put things out on a psychological sort of like level and yeah i increasingly also see like there are channels that are seeing that this is actually an important thing to address. Yeah, so... Um, how, how do you think we should proceed with the, the program then, uh, given that, you know, circumstances have sort of like changed, we can't actually have sort of like guests coming into the studio. It won't be our sort of like three corners sort of chat, you know, cozy little sort of like <laughs> studio anymore, right? We're going to sort of like try to do this online. How's that going to sort of like even change the way we think about, you know, having some kind of intellectual conversation over radio. Yeah, I guess, um, I, I think we've, we've, tried, we've tried Skype before and we're still trying to figure out the logistics of things. So in terms of the technical aspect of things, I guess it's doable. It's just a matter of getting used to not being able to be in the same room and 
and I guess having that that kind of interaction that we are used to, right? And I guess for a show like Night School, there is a slight difference to to having a conversation face to face compared to maybe other forms of interviews. I might be wrong here, mm-hmm. but I guess the kind of conversations that we usually have, it feels much much better to to have it face to face. But but then again, uh, the show must go on, <laughs> and we have to find ways to sort of like um, make do with 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 what we have right with the current situation. Uh, we need to find ways to, I guess, cope with the situation. So, uh, to listeners out there, I mean, we can't promise much, but I, the idea is to to keep the show going. And yeah, the idea is to utilize technology just like how other people have been utilizing it to 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 make things work, right? Yeah. Um. And obviously, it's not ideal. I mean, that that's a given. But but one way or another, the show must go on. And to a certain extent, I guess maybe it's the right time to think of like a different kind of avenue to have intellectual conversations, right? I mean, Simon, you're a lecturer as well, right? I mean, on top of being a co-host for night school, you're a lecturer as well. And to a certain extent, uh, coping with like a different kind of ways to do things. I, I, I mean, I'm sure ideally you would like to be in a classroom interacting with your students. But how have you been coping without the presence of students, you know, at least in the classroom? So we have been trying different platforms. We've been using Zoom uh, initially, but uh, now they, uh, because I think the university is subscribed to Microsoft Team. So we've been, uh, uh, I, I think I'm going to sort of like try to migrate to that particular platform. So far, it's uh, it, it hasn't been too difficult on my end, only because I teach master students and classes tend to be really small. You know, having five person online is very different from you know having to teach a class of i don't know 30 or 40 students where everyone is sort of like logged in to one of those sort of like communication platform uh, having five students mean that we actually have quite a robust and intense sort of like discussion in fact they never i think since since we've migrated the class online we've never actually ever had students go on a break for the whole three hour of the class. It's oh, interesting. Fun. Yeah, I, I, whereas, you know, when we have face-to-face sort of like conversations, students will be sort of like, you know, halfway through class, they want to take a break, they get tired. But for some reason, for our sort of like online class, none of us, we really literally sat through the entire three hours right in front of our screen having a conversation. So in that sense, it works for small classrooms, but I don't know about big classrooms. You know, I cannot imagine teaching, lecturing to 100 students. Uh, yeah. They're yeah. a very different dynamic. But as a, as a lecturer yourself, you also feel the need to, I guess there is that, 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 you know, being in the presence of others, that is a different experience, right? When I went to the university today, the entire university was empty and I shed a tear. I think that was difficult to sort of like process when you see a site or a space that used to be so full of life is now reduced to just nothing and emptiness mm. so I think that's uh, that's that's a, that's a really sort of like sad feeling yeah at the end of the day we are essentially communal beings right and you know looking at it through academy of course we rely on being together with others you know of course in the radio ideally you want to be having conversations with people face to face like and Ramadan is just around the corner. Of course, there are also various aspects of, of the you know the month that is observed through communal activities. So 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 you know there are a lot of things in our in our lives here that are so reliant on you know yeah. on being together with others, right? And I guess that's 
I guess the biggest aspect of things that we are sort of like still coping with, you know, with this whole MCO thing. Strange Ramadan. And I, I'm not saying it only for the Muslim. I'm saying it for all Malaysians. Where even if you're a non-Muslim, you're basically celebrating Ramadan by looking forward to, you know, at least the Pasar Ramadan or going out and book out with your friends and everything. And, and the fact that this is going to alter the way we even sort of like celebrate this month. I'm very sort of like curious to see how how we going to survive. Yeah, it's going to be a very strange time. Um, of course we can always continue this conversation, but maybe we should stop now and just let our, our minds think and ponder a lot more about how we can, we're going to cope uh, with this. Uh, you just heard from Simon Soon, co-host of Night School, and we've been talking about how we've been coping with the MCO. Uh, share your thoughts with us by tweeting us at BFM Radio, or you can send us an email to nightschool at bfm.my. Uh, don't forget to also download the BFM app which you can get on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Thanks for joining me, Simon. Thank you. Via Skype. Yeah. I'm Hanif Baharudin and you've been listening to Night School on BFM 89.9, the business station. Remember to stay at home, practice social distancing and stay safe. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.